Mikael sitting over there. He Legs got his down. feet all the way on the ground. <laughs> hey, I got a dang to sit off the joint in order to get my feet on the ground, dog. Do a calisthenic. <laughs> <laughs> New York is wild, bro. Miami wild, too. Yeah, yeah, Miami stay up late. When we played and we stayed at night, that was a spot where, like, you look outside and it's just bright. You're like, oh, my yeah, God. You're like, damn, I didn't even know it was this late. But you can make up for it. <laughs> we used to see AI in the club 3 a.m., like, Walking through the club now, yeah. The game's at new game, right? right. Like, you got a shooter around. Like when, the when the Heat Big Three, they had a whole section in every club with banners up and shit. Oh yeah, you can sit there. One of the big talk, walk in, you got to move. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, especially because they were OGs, so you know they, yeah. yeah, they they can know how to get ready for a game like that next. Yeah, they even were, before that when Shaq was there, they used to back then because I got there in <laughs> '05. So that was a little diamond on the highway. The season, they won a championship, yeah. yeah. Bro, that's amazing to me. Like, I couldn't imagine. I know you can, because you played football like that. Yeah. But, dog, uh, being in the streets mm -hmm. and then trying to play a game? You got to tighten up. Oh, uh, you was good at that. Not now, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the hell no. <laughs> but what you got to do, you got to be four Red Bulls, a red line. Couple of coffee, just you just psych yourself out. Couple Viking. Nah, I need, I need, I can do anything else. But that night before, yeah, I need to be in bed. I might see you at dinner. Yeah, wherever y'all go, stop by. But I'm gone. The crazy thing with football is like the pain of it. Y'all, yeah. you know, saying y'all don't have all that banging like yeah. we do. So you, you man, you knock a Viking it down. You feel eleven again. But they gotta go. Like you gotta run. I ran. No, you didn't. <laughs> What? You just you, you used a meathead. <laughs> I yeah. ran. You can go to hell. <laughs> I ran a 461. Nah, not that type hey, of running. 250. I'm talking like, about, but them, though, they up and down the court. This man ran a marathon sweat? this year. Really? Yeah. He's yeah. dead yeah. as a rail. <laughs> <laughs> you got some good lungs, huh? I don't want to compare our sports at all. <laughs> you got them good lungs. You got an AC. I'm like, why they don't sweat like that? <laughs> man, a dog. Drinks, boy. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they hear the witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On the mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Shout out to our partners at Happy Dad. We're here at Bounce. Welcome to the pivot. Freaky Freddy, Chan. I'm RC, here with Mikael Bridges, two-time NCAA champion, second in defensive player of the year voting in 2022, first team all defense. You averaged 26 points per game after the trade to the Brooklyn Nets, truly become the guy, go for 45 and 15 straight against these guys, Miami Heat. He did, you know, he did us wrong. Yeah, he did y'all bad. <laughs> y'all in a good yeah. spot now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, truly, get an opportunity to show what type of talent you are and the things that you can do on the basketball court. So first of all, we appreciate you taking some time to sit down with us, to our partners, Happy Dad. Thank you guys, DraftKings, our sponsors. I mean, I kind of want to get to this. And me and you had an opportunity to chop it up a little bit before we sat down. And I was just saying, shoot, you know, like all football players want to be hoopers. Mm -hmm. You know, you actually told me something different than what I know. Like I used to love just to go outside in front of the house and play basketball, pick it up, you know, make sure I wasn't the last person picked, mm -hmm. right? Pick it up and shoot it. But you said, man, it's just natural to go out and throw. You know, you're, you're, you're Philly born, man, Philly bred. You watched your mama grind and instill that work ethic in you. But if you look at where you are now, this wasn't one of those things that were destined. 
You know, there's a lot written about your first year at Villanova, you hitting the weight room, the fact that you had to go to practice and get banged on and get that toughness. Explain to me a little bit of how you were prepared for that and how much that prepared you for who you became at Villanova and are now in the league. Like I always said before my freshman year started about the idea of red shirt and like my mom, once I figured out she was okay with it and understood, cause you know, you play, you know, you play your sport every year. And the only reason why you're not playing is probably like if you're hurt or something, right? But like to actually play it and actually have to like sit out a year just because like, basically saying like, you're, you're not good enough right now. So like, that's kind of weird just playing all my life and in one year, like, especially when you finally get to this level you always wanted to, now it's just like, oh, you have to sit out. So that was tough for me to even think about. Well, mom was so just like understanding the future, which, you know, she's smart and she knew all that, but I'm so like, I want to play, like I'm a freshman, like this whole like kind of like embarrassed thing, like, you know, you coming in, you, you got freshman friends and, and all they want to talk about is like, are you ready for the season? And me knowing like, well, I'm not going to play. Um, so she kind of helped me for that. But there was really nothing to honestly prepare myself for that freshman year and that freshman year just because of like the workouts and just like how exhausted I was every day. Like it was <laughs> like I get the summer, like the summer when I first there was tough. And then, you know, how it goes like the summer workout. Actually, football a little different because y'all y'all crazy because y'all lift hard in <laughs> season. And I realized that when I got to college because like my close friends on the football team, like, you know, our off season, that's where we lift. Cause when season comes, we run around so much. So like, we just do like dynamic lifts. We lift a little bit, but like, it's not crazy. But all my friends like that play football, like they got a game on Saturday and it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, they're getting up at like five yeah. to like get these like crazy lifts. And I'm like, what? Like you, you in season. They're like, <laughs> man, this, what else are we going to do? We got to stay like this throughout. So I'm like, all right. But that was something just going through that whole year. My teammates that are playing, like they're practicing and they'll lift a little bit, but like, I'm fully lifting like summer. So like my body is like, I'm in it for an hour and a half, like going through heavy lifts. And then I got to go into court. My body's super, super sore. And got to give it all I got. Cause that's like my game days. Every practice is like my game day. And then like also have extra work in where I'm like getting pushed to like the limit, like to like the, where I can't go no more. So like mentally that was tough. And I always said, that's like probably like my toughest year you know, you don't, you don't know. People went through rest of years and didn't end up playing and doing all that stuff. Yeah. Like, you just don't know. Like, my mom just prepared me just mentally just to just know, like, everything's going to work out. But going through that year, it was, was really tough, man. But it's like, it built me to where I'm at right now, where the whole adversity and I just learned so much through that whole year. Take us back a little further. Dive a little bit deeper. <laughs> 25 miles west of Philly, okay. Malvern, PA. You and the goose. I guess you call you guys legends from there, uh, population 3,400. Your passion, the journey, what are the things that triggered that passion and also the support system? Like what did they do, your family, your mom that you're speaking about, your friends, how did they help you along the way? I just think, cause it always goes back to my mom. I think it's just signing me up for like every camp possible. I always was doing something, you know, playing a sport like, Signing me up, you know, finding teams, doing driving me to practice, you know, all things like that. Finding ways if she couldn't drive me to go with somebody else. Would that be back and forth to Philly? Like travel teams and stuff okay. like that. I just love the game of basketball. I love, I mean, I love all sports, but uh, just basketball is just so much fun. And 
it's crazy. Like I, I obviously I want to be in a league, and that was like the biggest thing. But I don't know. I was a kid. Like I wasn't. That wasn't like my sole thing. Like I'm just thinking each step. Like when I was a freshman, I went to Catholic. So my, I went. I went a little weird. But I went to Catholic school my freshman year. And, you know, that route, you know, you think like you see guys that play in college, like they go like to Catholic schools and, you know, they play varsity and you're going to get looks. I went there freshman year, grew up public school my whole life, hated it, hated every second of it, left, went back to public. And now it's just like I'm trying to play on varsity. So just each year, just like my sophomore year, I played. Then my senior year, my, my junior year is like, all right, I'm trying to be even better. But, you know, be that next guy. Senior year, then it's like I think I already committed to Nova. So then it's like just getting ready for, you know, I'm not never jumping the gun, never thinking about the leagues, but just every year is just trying to trying to be the best person I can be. And I just took it steps by steps. You see it now on social media, like, I, I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But like, you know, people posting their kids and seven-year-old, eight-year-olds, I see it really for football a lot. Like all these drills, I like, get like just league, like just league. I'm like, damn, like let them like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it works for it works out sometimes, but I just sometimes let like children. let them let them be them. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it, they don't have to work out like professional athletes at the end of the day. But like everybody's different. But I think my mom made it easier for me where it's just let me be a kid mm-hmm. and just let me be me. Like she knew I love basketball and just when it comes down to it, and when I get to high school, you're going to f- keep your passion and you're going to go with it. Like I love football and I was going to I stopped when I got to high school. And I wanted to play like my junior year because my senior on my team was like the quarterback and he was nice. And he went to walk on at Penn State. And one of the coaches was a teacher. You know, I'm skinny long, but I'm like good on a, I'm really good on a basketball team. And they're literally like, listen, we do whatever you want. You don't have to practice like that. <laughs> you know, the whole thing, they look at me like he's frail, like contact, but like, you know, like I love football. Like I'll go up. And, so fades. and yeah, exactly. Like, listen, you could you could just run shriek routes. We put you goal line, like just whatever you want. And I was so close because I'm like, that's all I want. Like, I don't want no damn slant. Like, I'll tell you that now. Like, I don't want to go to college and play football. I just want to have fun and be in the atmosphere. You know, right. that's like that's what I love. Like about football, you put that helmet on and like Friday night got the crowd. Like, I'd be in the crowd and I'd be jealous. Like watching my friends out there. Like, damn, like I want to be like that. I don't know. I think just my mom let me be a kid. Right. Just kind of got me to where, I, where I'm at right now. Hey, Chan, this Joker is fixing the tongue of his shoe sitting straight up. <laughs> he long now. <laughs> he long now. That boy reached out, fixed the tongue of his shoe sitting in a, a high chair. <laughs> it, it's safe to say he chose the right hey, profession, he, right? Man, his profession chose him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he came yeah. over here on the power line. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, man, as you talk about development and then just hearing your high school to college transition, my understanding is you weren't big enough mm-hmm. to take the pounding, so they had to put some weight on you and teach you this new game. That transition to the league, you've seen it with everybody, yourself, with your numbers, your, your points per game, assists per game, all that stuff goes up. Even the Jordans and LeBron and all the dudes, they come in, you can see their talent, but then you see them develop. What, why do people struggle, the best players in the world, once they get to the NBA? What's the difference there, that transition? I think just maybe it's a lot of things. It could be the people around them and like just being not used to kind of like that fame-ish and... You know, I feel like when people get entitled, especially when you're in the league, like you feel like you don't have to listen to nobody and and people be scared to tell you some things to push you. So you kind of, you could get away with a lot of things. That's what sometimes come down to. And I think just a lot of work and hard work kind of, it, it loses people sometimes. Like say you don't make the playoffs, the season ends mid-April. 
you don't got to come back until well, after Labor Day, like in September. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So you have that long period of time and you could like, you got all the money in the world. You could do whatever you want. You could travel. You could have fun. And I think sometimes the work kind of shies away. Like you work out though. Like you work out, but like how hard are you working out? You know what I'm saying? Like in college, your ass going to get pushed. You know, where the coaches, you're there every day. They're, and you're there in the summer or whatever is that. They're going to push you. That's their job. But like in the league, you're not, you're not, you don't have to be with your teams. So if you get a trainer or something like, you you hired them and they want to be with you. So that's like what they call like yes men. Like mm -hmm. a lot of yes men just right. be there to help you. They're not gonna some guy like some guys just not gonna push them. So it's just like development where people just don't go hard enough. And and everybody will ask me like, well, like what's the secret? How do you get better? I'm like, they just work out. I just work out every day. I just work out. I mean, I don't kill myself, but like I work out and I just get better. Like I think there's no secret to it. Like I just just work out and work on my game and try to get stronger and just keep trying to go up. And I think that's, that's it's like the easiest thing. We talked a little bit before we sat down about Jay Wright and you saying you didn't necessarily appreciate him <laughs> when you had him at Villanova or when you were in school because at the time you're going through it. You mentioned your foundation. Fred asked about your mom and your support system. Something that you said struck me and I'm not even gonna ask you to talk about this specific situation, but I'm going to ask you a question that kind of puts me in the realm of understanding what basketball yeah. is like. You mentioned having yes men around. You know, now we're seeing John Morant for the second time in a couple of months go through an incident where having the right people around you is important. Having the correct circle to support you is a huge deal. How did you go about making sure you had people around you who would not only support you when you are doing the right things, but that would also hold you accountable for the person that Mikael Bridges is, not necessarily just the player. Uh, my mom don't play none of that. <laughs> yeah, if, even if I bring somebody around, my mom, nah. That's just how it is. Like, people are scared of my mom. Like, she don't play none of that. And like, as I got older now, like, it's funny because like, I feel like I'll tell her all the time, like I'm really becoming you. Like, cause she's human resources. Like she has to fire people all the time and she has to be like that boss lady. And I'll just hit her up and talk to her like, mama, like, I'm really becoming like you. Like I'm starting to be like, like I don't play that shit. Like I'm starting to be like you for real. <laughs> and she's laughing cause like I, I was never like that growing up. Cause I was always like, all my, even with just my friends, I was a nice person. Like they had nothing like I would just, I'll buy them, I'll help them buy this. Like, if it's like food, like little stuff, like my friends had money, like I'll buy them food. And my mom's just like, like, I gave you money for you, for you to go get food. Like, where's the rest of the money? Or like, this now I'm just, well, he didn't have food. He had money for food. So I was like, I bought him something. And she's just like, she gets it. And she's just like, I get it, Kel, but you got to understand, like, sometimes like for you, this and that, da, da, da. I'm like, I got you. But now, like, I learned so much from her. I just like, I don't play none of that shit no more. So I'm in the league for a while now. So I just understand when people try to either like not use me or like try to just be there just because of like the fame and stuff. Like I've been it and I know it now and I'm just like, I'm cool, bro. Like I'm all right. Like I'm not on none of that. You mentioned your mother being in human resources. She was actually working for the Sixers when you were drafted by the Sixers and <laughs> traded 15 minutes later to the Phoenix Suns. Wow. Kind of take me through that range of emotion. It's like, oh, I'm going to the Sixers. I'm right at the crib. My mom's there, and now I'm shipped way to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And you actually thanked the Phoenix Suns and said, 
I appreciate you taking in the kid who was pissed off mm -hmm. that he had got traded from his hometown team. Yeah, no, it was wild. Just because being at Nova and Coach Wright, you know, guy, they all everybody knows Coach Wright on the Philly staff. Coach Wright's close to everybody, and my mom was VP HR there. We were nice. We don't win a championship year, but like the whole thing was basically like halfway through the season where they were saying I was going to go lottery. The whole thing was like, okay, Mikel Bridges, like it just like Jay Bills. If you ever go see Jay Bills stuff, it's so funny because he's, he's literally just like, it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense for Philly not to take the hometown kid at number 10. You need a three and D type of guy. Like it's right there. Like you see the kid every day. Our uh, gym on campus was getting renovated my senior year. So Basically, all our home games was at Wells Fargo where the Sixers played. So, like, the kid is in your gym every day. Like, we, they play there all the time. Like, you're seeing them. Like, it's not like you're just watching them on tape. Or, like, he's there every time. They go to the practices is 20 minutes on the road. Like, you see them all the time. It just makes the most sense. And when draft day happened, like, I thought I might have go to New York at 9. I was kind of thinking that. But I also thought, like, I was really ready to go to Philly at 10. And when it happened, I was all geeked up. But then when I got traded, I'll tell people all this day, like I was pissed off. Like I was really pissed off. Like it messed my whole night up. And it's crazy because you dream of getting drafted. I never dreamed of being like a lot. I never said like, I want to go lottery. Like it's just, I want to get drafted. That's just how it is. For me to go lottery, go top 10, honestly, it's like something I couldn't even imagine. And I was pissed off. I didn't go out that night. I was in the hotel room. <laughs> when I got to Phoenix later, like I got, I was so upset at myself, just like pissed off, like, Mikel, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, you, you can't, you're being, un, you're being, like, ungrateful. Like, yeah. you are in a league, people will die to be in your position. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, like, I got over that kind of quick. But at the moment, it's tough to, with the emotions. Yeah. And I was going through all the media, and I kid you not, like, every single media after that, like, I really wanted to just be, like, like, I don't care. Like, whatever. I really went to, but I just knew, like, this is a start of something. And even if you don't like it, you got to put on this and that. And I remember I talked to Coach right after. And he knew the whole situation. And he's literally just like, the biggest thing that I'm proud about is that you just kept the great face and talked about everything and like you were fine. And we know, especially he's like, I know what you're going through, but you just staying just so mellow and staying who you are just shows like type of person you are. Just like, that's that's not easy. Mm. And I was just I, like, I appreciate him for that. But man, was I, was I ticked off. I was... <laughs> As you look back at it, I would say it might have been a blessing in disguise because you sure. hear about guys going back home, then you're in the same circle of people, you're around everybody, thousand ticket requests. For sure. Like as you look back, and Phoenix, the development, For I sure. said made you who you are, but that's how I know your name For before sure. you go to Brooklyn. Was that a blessing in disguise? For sure, 100%. Um, I say it's this day, like at the people I met, the coaches have been there, like Coach Monty was in Philly, but he ended up getting a head coaching job at, at Phoenix, and that just helped me so much. The guys, the coaches at Phoenix that helped me and developed me to the, the player I am and the players I was with in Phoenix, all my teammates who helped me just, just me being there and being around them and learning from a lot of guys made me who the person I am. And like you say, even with the ticket request things, like I was all the way in Arizona. So like I had no worries, but just basketball and all the people that, you know, all the people like, Oh, I'm gonna come out there. I'm coming out this net. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to buy a flight. You're gonna fly away. Let's see who really comes out here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was only, I bet you, it wasn't that many. It was yeah. my close friends and like my close family members. So that made it real easier. But uh, definitely, best of the skies. Like, I would never, I'll never go back and 
change that day. And I also think if I did stay in Philly, I think I would probably would have been in that Jimmy Butler trade that would have sent me to Minnesota. So, you know, you never know. So, In your development, you, you're extremely versatile. I, I love watching you play. I love the way you get at it, get after it on the defensive side. 2022 defensive uh, all-NBA team. My question is this, because all of the guys get the roses. Like, I'm a running back. We score touchdowns. People, ah, they give mm-hmm. us all the credit. But in the NBA, guys can go and score. Anybody should be able to score, right? But do guys get more excited about the defensive awards or, or really being a lockdown defender or scoring? Uh, definitely scoring. I mean, <laughs> even me, like, I love defense, too. Like, I love getting a stop and stuff, too. But, like, damn, like, you want to score that? You want to score that ball too? I mean, you do both well, <laughs> yeah, right? But, but you know, but in record, you know, you 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 being recognized as a all defender, part of that team, and a lot of guys aren't going to get there. For like, sure. Okay, so having that versatility, what does it take to make the all defensive team? Like, it, I know it's effort. You got to hustle. You know, you got to want to play defense, yeah. and that's part of the grind. But also, the study part, right? Like, yeah. what does it make to really? separate yourself from the other players like you said though like a lot of guys don't want to defense takes a little you know you know how that goes like defense you know like defense is it ain't pretty like it's not pretty like offense is pretty right and it just takes a lot of heart takes a lot of all that little stuff but also the other side of really studying and understanding guys you're guarding because like you're not like if i go out there and guard somebody like Kawhi, pg kd any of them like and i don't have like no scout like, they're going to cook me, like, easily. Like, if I have no scout and know what they're going to do, you're going to get cooked. And that's kind of like a lot of guys when they're gone. Like, straight up, though. <laughs> like, bro, dudes like that actually don't get stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to figure out a way just to make it difficult. For sure. So I know what he said. Man, and that's what it, but it takes, like, a lot to look into that and, and want to be that guy, want to lock in and look at film of, of other players' tendencies besides – just looking at how can I get a bucket. Right. And um, it's not pretty. And a lot of people just don't have that will. And, you know, you also got to be smart. You got to do all that stuff. And, you know, it's tough. But uh, I think the biggest thing about me is also learning, like, you be a lockdown, but you also got to live with, like, some of the things. Like, these guys are Hall of Famers, All-Stars. Like, right. as much as I work on my defense, that's how much they put in their offense. So, mm-hmm. like, they have going to have counters for everything, and they're going to hit some tough-ass shots. You just got to be able to live with like making them shoot stuff that they're kind of uncomfortable with. But that was also, that was mental. That's very mental. Well, you're talking about being uncomfortable in in certain shots. Steph Curry, (laughs) prior to a matchup with Steph, like do you get sleep one? And is there anything you could do to stop him? Because he's shooting from behind the bar. Yeah. Anywhere. I always say about guys who are that talented is like, it's tough to shut that, shut them down. It's just like, you just got to make it difficult. That's like how I say things like- well, How do you do that? It's just, you got to know how he plays and contest everything and don't let him get no open looks and sometimes pray that he misses. It's just, it makes a lot of things. <laughs> even when you play, even, I mean, there's a lot of clips I can think of guarding Steph where like, I know I'm there and I'm, I'm on his moves and he stepped back and I'm still there and I have a contest. A good test, I just turn around and be like, he better not make that. Right. Like, I just like, it's not even just like a fact where I sat there, he shot it. I'm like, hell yeah, no. My, the other thought's like, that shit could still go in. So I'm like, right. 
Like, please don't go in there. And I turn around, and be like, thank God. Or the ones they do right. go in, I'd be like, Damn. I just look at my I coach. Did everything like, I coach do. like, I wanted to ask about the coaches because, like, when I was playing, Randy Moss was playing. Yeah. And they would treat Randy like coaches talk about like he's a normal receiver. Yeah. Hey, coach, if he gets inside, he's on me. Okay, stay inside out. Use your leverage. Coach, that's Randy <laughs> yeah, Moss. That motherfucker made me look terrible. <laughs> do, do they like when you draw LeBron? You're, you're a defensive dude. You're going to draw yeah. the best dude. Yeah. When you draw them dogs, you brought up KD. Like, do coaches act like, oh, that's just 35? Or do they be like, hey, <laughs> just care, do your best, bro? Yeah, they, no, like, they know we're going to match up. And even, like, teammates, too. Like, they know, like, I'm a guard and make it really tough. I mean, they don't just think they'll get 35, but they know, like, you got to think about the office, uh, think about the coaches on the other side. Like, I always think the biggest thing about when we played Dallas and when we lost in that series is, like, Luka's, like, one of them guys are hella tough to guard. And, like, person me is just tough to guard. So if I think he's tough for me, I know he's tough for a lot of other dudes, too. So... The thing about what Jay Kidd and them did was, especially playoffs, is schemes. And the scheme is, well, don't let this motherfucker guard him. Like, do mm. whatever you take, set all these screens, yep. and get me off and be weak side. And that was, like, the biggest thing. And I always talk shit, you know, uh, Dimwitty, <laughs> he on my team. But I always talk shit to him because when Luca was out and he was playing, and I think he gave us 30, and so he was being Luca and he was, like, cooking us. But every single time he, I'll guard him, I see him, like, look. And he breaks somebody, <laughs> and he knows our defense, so we switch. So he switch, and I remember I just walked up to him at the free throw line, and I'm just like, "You that scared?" I'm like, "Are you that scared?" <laughs> he didn't want to listen to me. He just looks. This is before we teammates. He's, I was like, "Are you that scared?" Like, cause I'm hot, cause I'm literally want to guard. He's scoring, and I'm just, I was like on the free throw line. He's shooting. I'm like, "Are you that scared?" He literally just goes, "I'm not, I'm not here. All this, this mind game shit. All this goddamn." And I'm sitting there like. Fuck. <laughs> like, hey, trying to fuck with him. I'm like, you know what? Fuck him. Let me go at him. He's just like, I'm not trying to hear none of that. All that reverse. So he said, he's like, I'm not trying to hear all that reverse psychology shit. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, whatever. In my head, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, he's going hey, to keep getting the switch. He's going to get this clean 30. Yeah, every time. So basketball is way different than football. We've discussed it as like the physical toll. But for you and the trade, we've seen guys get traded during the game. You know, D Book lets you know that you were a part of this blockbuster trade. It's you, it's Cam Johnson, four first-round picks go to the Brooklyn Nets. They get KD. When something like that happens, and you're a big part of that, I think Monty, Monty Williams says, what, like, we ain't getting sent off to war yeah, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Was that your mentality? Or how did you look at this opportunity now that you had in Brooklyn? 100%. I mean, that's, that's so funny because I said that I said that when I got traded. Because he was upset when me and Cam left because, you know, we're all so close. That's the first thing I said to him. I literally was just like, this coach, like, like at least I ain't getting, you know, I ain't getting sent off to war. Like, this is just another opportunity. And, you know, he's upset. He's just like, it's just like, it's, he's just like, life is unfair. It's like, it's just unfair, you know, like, just like the type of person I am and the character and the joy I bring in every day in practice. He's just like, it's just unfair. And I'm just like, life, that's how life is. I'm like, but I'm not going to war. Like, that's like the little joke I was having. Like, well, shit, I ain't going to war. And I just, I had that mindset. And I know a lot of guys and a lot of people don't. So I was always appreciated. Like, at least it was me because, like, I could handle that. Like, mm -hmm. I could, I could be, I could, I'll be fine enough to get sent over there and stuff like that. Like, I was perfectly fine with that. Like, just to be able to deal with it. And, um, but yeah, I just get off the war. I literally like I, I live by that, and it's just it's so funny because I geek at it, but like it's, it's real life. Like you know what I'm saying? Like all my friends were upset that we're like not on the team that were there. Just like damn, like 
I'm like, I see you all the time, this and that. I'm like, listen, bro, like, I know it's tough, but like, like I ain't go, I'm just going over here. Like, <laughs> right. I'll come back. I'll come back and visit. But like, I, you act like I'm about to be gone for life. Like, you act like right. I just died. Like, I'll, I'll see you again. Right. Just, right. It's just, you're not right. going to see me all the time as, as frankly as you always did. But like, I'll see you again. Don't right. you worry. So. They're playing that dang yeah, Wiz what? Khalifa song from Fast and the Furious. I know, right? <laughs> Paul, Paul uh, Walker. The yeah. Paul Walker. And with the trade, coming over to New York, the, the, the sport fans can be crazy. I know the football fans can be, as well as the Knicks fans. I don't know so much about the Nets, but the media is crazy here too. Yeah. What was the reception like once you arrived to Brooklyn and uh, have you embraced the moniker uh, Brooklyn Bridges, the play on the Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> I think it's a dope nickname. Yeah, I, I like accepted it. it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, sports media out here is crazy, but like I, I lived. Other than other than Philly is Philly sports all that stuff. I know how it is. Like I know Philly's crazy as hell too. So I just know how that whole media type situation fans. Like I know. Like I was I was a kid. And I was one of them fans. I was a Sixers fan growing up, and I was one of them crazy ass kids in the stands yelling at anything. Like when Sixers fans when they get booed after L and stuff. Like I can't really say nothing. Like you know I'm a, I'm in a league now. Right. You know you know people. People got mixed. People be like, that's some bullshit. Like people on the team, like that's some BS. But other teammates know and be like, they just want us to do great. And I can't ever be on the side as like, that's some BS because I was one of them. I was one of them when I was 12, 13, like, he sucks. But the next day he hoops. I'm like, I love him to death. Like, you know, so, so I understand all that. But I think Brooklyn self had a lot going on with like, you know, they had Kyrie Harden and KD. Correct. And then mm -hmm. all that happening and like Kyrie and all that stuff, I think they were just ready for like refresh and like I'm like the total opposite of all them dudes. Like I'm just like just the like quietest, just chillest. I ain't really tripping off nothing. Like so I just just happy all the time. So I was just like I knew I was gonna be fine for sure. I'm just like, well, I'm not no, I don't do anything that's that you ain't never gonna catch me off camera doing some crazy shit. Like I'm I'm really calm and chill. I ain't be nothing. Well, Kel, you, you probably took that trade well because then you went on to average the most points per game you've averaged in your career so, and damn right. more minutes per game. So you <laughs> you did you know that was about to happen when you were just cool with everything going on? Yeah, well, the, I always tell people I got traded at the right time because for about months, Book C, Cam Johnson, campaign. We still had no Jay Crowder. We was hurt, and I was... I had to change my whole workout thing I do, like, pre-practice, all this stuff. I had to change it because all I did was, like, catch a shoot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it was, like, catch a shoot drill that we did, like, after shoot around, like, before the game in the morning. And I had to change it because I'm, like, I'm not, I, I'm not that guy right now. Like, I have to do what booking them do, so I have to, like, come off ball screens and get a lot of reps of that. So I had to change my whole workout scheme to get ready to be that. And I struggled for a while, like I struggled for a good amount, but I had coaches that talked to me and just, you know, one guy, Corey Vinson, um, he was he was one guy that was I watched film with all the time. And he would just sit there and we would just watch all the clips. And he's just like, I'll play bad and we'll lose and stuff. And he literally just like, it's okay. Like this is part of the process. Like we're gonna have to go through this. You know, you know, when you play bad and you're just like, like, fuck, I just went six for 16, six for 18. He's like, it's okay, look at the shots. These are new, this is new for you. So as time went on, I become more efficient and starting to really understand the game more and 
being that position of handling the ball more and making reads and doing all the little things where, like, it was just became natural. So then booking them came back and everybody was just like, just like for us to be where we want to be at when I was on the Suns, like, just stay that aggression. Like, don't lose it. And I was, I was ready for it, but then I got fucking traded. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, damn, like we was, we was you know, that was, that was the whole thing for years about us losing. I'm saying us, act like I'm still on the Suns. I'm just going to keep saying us, like, while I'm, I'm still on the team, was that, you know, Book and C were doing all the work. And the guys like me, when Jay was there, when Cam Johnson, like, other guys got to step up. You know what I'm saying? Because we were, like, just spot-up guys. I'm like, well, damn, Book and C got the whole time. Like, that's how we are. But, like, we need other guys to step up. That was the whole thing. Then I finally, and, me, and Cam, too, we finally, like, stepped up. Here we get shipped. I'm like, damn, like, this was the year that we, <laughs> that as a team where, shit, they take Book and C away. Shit, me and Cam going to play over here, and we going to cook whatever the fuck is in front of us. Like, we was ready for it. And they asked, just shipped us away. The, next, like, <laughs> the day Book came back, I think Cam been back, I think a game before that. And we was in Brooklyn. We was in Brooklyn. And we played Brooklyn. We won. And like the vibes were high. I was like, here we go. Because everybody, everybody was telling me, like, don't lose that shit, Kel. I know you was playing like Book, like being that guy. But since just because he's back, don't take that step down like you was before. Like, keep that shit up. And I was, I was so locked at that point. I'm like, listen, bro, I've been fucking two months playing like this. You think I want to take this? You know what I'm saying? Like, about that defense. Everybody want to fucking score, and I wanted to score. I'm like, you think I'm going to let this go? I'm like, no, no, no. I like this. And I got trained, and it just, I still had that. And then now it's like what they traded me for and, you know, not having Katie and knowing, like, now, like, I have more of a license to be, the, you know, that guy. And I was already super confident, and I know I'm going to keep working. It was, like, the perfect timing, perfect everything. So it definitely worked out great. Jacques Vaughn, your coach in Brooklyn, said you were actually, much like you said, you were preparing for this before you got traded. You mm -hmm. just didn't know that this would be the situation. You averaged 26 a game when you head over to the Nets, lead the team in scoring, get to the playoffs, play your hometown team, mm -hmm. your mother's favorite team when she was younger. And she says now she was a Phoenix fan, then yeah, obviously yeah. a Brooklyn fan. Yeah. You took the heat for how your team finished the season in the playoffs, as a leader should do. I, I don't recall you, you know, maybe after losing a game six and a game seven saying, you know what, me and James can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it takes five people. No, I'm just saying. That's what I heard. That's how I heard MVPs <laughs> take the, the fall after they lose. They say, we just, hey, like Giselle said, Tom can't throw it and catch it. <laughs> you speaking of Joel? I don't know if we speaking in, what are we talking about? Just, no, I was just talking about some teams oh, have that happen sometimes. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, that can happen. Um, for, for you and what you learned about yourself this season, not only in Brooklyn, but what you became to be in Phoenix, the way that you guys finished, the leadership you showed at the end of the season, what can you take from this season to build up on next year in Brooklyn? And how excited are you for what this team and who you can be individually as a player going forward? I just think coming into the preseason to the team we're gonna have, obviously it might be a little bit different when, you know, time comes, you never know. It's the, you know, we got free agents and stuff like that. I don't know, just be the leader and come in and just know like, all I care about is winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm still, if I'm one of the main guys to do, like, trying to do everything, like, it ain't about me, you know? And I think sometimes that's how it gets with a lot of guys where, you know, where they just, you know, 
and it's funny because like I, I was just a role player, you know, so like coming in and being like the star, you feel that star treatment, you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of don't like it because I'm like, hold up, hold up. I was just down there with them guys a couple months ago, okay? Like, I don't like all this, like all this shit. But it's just like just winning and, and be so just selfless, like not trying to just make everything about me. Um, like you were saying about end of the season with the whole media thing, I'm, there was a, a play that happened with me and uh, my boy Royce O'Neal. And I was trying to get open for a three and he threw the ball and it was like a turnover. And I, I knew what he was thinking about, but I was trying to do something else. And like, shit, like I knew Royce just threw the turnover. So everybody's going to probably bash him about it. And in a crucial moment, but I'm just like, that's my dog. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's never one person's fault. Like I should have been there for him. And like, that's like, and that's like taking accountability. Like, like, why would I want him to go through some shit like that? Like, that's my man's. Like, I'm going to take responsibility as well with him. Like, we both fucked up. Like, shit, if he he wanted to throw that way, I went the other way. Like, I should have been there for him. Like, time was getting low. And it's, I've been that guy inbound the ball before with, yeah. you got a five-second call. And you hear the ref counting by ear that four, you better get rid of it for a, a, a live ball turnover and it's their ball out of bounds. So you just, you get a little antsy. And it's just like, you want your teammates to be happy. You don't want your teammates to ever feel like you're just going to stab them in the back. It's just something about me just want to be a leader like that where, like, I want to lead in a positive way where, like, so if I do get on one of my teammates, they know it's coming from the right place. Mm -hmm. And I think I learned from, like, that I see a lot as a guy like Steph. I could tell when he gets pissed off, he don't get mad crazy like that. But, like, when he starts getting pissed off and he's on his teammates, his teammates will respect him. Like, okay, like, he wants us to be better. Like, it's about us. It's not about him. And so they respect it. And that's how I feel like as a leader wise, like I'm, I'll be, I'll take all the blame. I'll do whatever. I'll try to help us win all the time. But like if somebody fucks up and I'm hot, you know, I'm not just hot just to fucking, you know, some people just yell to yell. Like that's not who I am. I'm yelling because I'm sometimes frustrated, but it's like for the best of the team. So I think coming into this year, next year is just like be that leader and from the jump, just show like how we should win and, all this shit about this year is winning. And, you know, everybody wants to get paid. Everybody wants to hoop. I'm like, shit, when you win, everybody, it's just simple. I came from an organization in college where you win, everybody eats. Look, all of us is in the damn league pretty much now because at Nova just playing the right way and winning. Like, that shit just, everybody, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you, when you think about LeBron and all them guys, like, what what are they thinking about? When they talking about the greatest on shit, what are they talking about? They ain't talking about nothing about... He's number one in every goddamn category, in every category. And all they're talking about is rings. It's yeah. about winning. And so when you win, everybody, even when you, even if you're the main guy, like you get boosted, but everybody else you're with gets boosted with you as well, and they get paid. They get money. Like PJ. PJ been on winning teams. Like I love PJ Death, and, you know, he don't, obviously you don't shoot the ball everybody wants to do, but he does all the little things. But, like, he's a winning player. And when you win, if PJ was, on, was like a losing player and, wasn't sh and was doing what he was doing on losing teams, he won't get paid. But he does all the little shit, doesn't give a fuck about shooting, does all the dirty shit, and gets paid because their team's winning and he's doing whatever it takes. So I just, I feel like people don't understand that. And maybe you just don't if you've never been through it, but. And, and speaking of PJ Tucker, it seems like him, Jay, Jay did it. They choose the right situations to put themselves into. And you have to be talented enough to be wanted by those teams. Sure. But like strategically, you had no option. Obviously, yeah, you got for traded. Sure. But the the strategy behind careers, do you think a lot of guys really play it right? Or do a lot of guys make decisions? Because I would chase money. Yeah. How much you got? 
10, 12, 13. I'm, if we go in the highest bet, I don't give a damn where I am. I'll go play in Taiwan if the money was right. But do you do you think a lot of guys are business savvy, I guess, with their career? For sure, for sure. And there's a lot of guys that do the same way as you, like that you want to do like shit. I don't give a fuck about that. I, like, I want to win too, but like, we win tomorrow. Shit, I, I, I still win over here. You know what I'm saying? What does that ring taste like? Because my baby can't eat that ring. <laughs> my baby needs food. <laughs> and I'm not going to come up here and sit down like winning is everything and I'll just take zero dollars. Like, no, like there's that that fine line of that both ends. And PJ, as you get older and vet, like, I feel like young, no, like you do, do anything. But as you get older and you know what your purpose is and what you want mm. and you know if the money fits as well, you want to go to a great spot to win because you know like everything that comes with it. So, yeah. but no, PJ, I mean, and the thing is, it's not just him because teams want him. You know what I'm saying? Like they want him and he knows what type of player he is for a winning team. Once you're known as a winning player, are you good? Are you good? They're going to, they're going to like, they're going to do whatever it takes because they don't feel like trusting some young kid that's going to come around, fuck around, fuck some shit up. Like, no, I know he's stamped. I know he's going to do everything I need him to do. Yeah. We're going to pay him some good money for it. And he ain't going to bitch complain about it. So let's bring him, guys. So PJ, you're definitely doing it the right way. What players have influenced your career? And are there any guys that continue to provide you guidance, you know, here in your young career? I think just watching a lot of players just help. But I think, the, honestly, the guys that helped me the most, just without them even thinking about it as much as probably book and see. I think just offensively and how like I read the game and how I play and know the game a little bit more is honestly because of them. Like, and it's not like I'm going up to them, like I'm best friends with them. Like I'm not going up to them like, yo, like this and that, this and that. Like, nah, it's just, that's my guys. Like we fuck around, joke around, do dumb stuff. But I think it's just being around them every single day. And you know, I was a three and D, so I'm in a corner a lot. So, you know, you're in that corner, you watch a lot of shit. Like you just naturally watch like, God damn, like, he come up like he's just doing all this stuff. Like he's just watching it. And uh I think just watching him and even just like C will talk about it a lot. And then like booking him with the middies and stuff. Like, like I, I like I like middies and there's this all joke about adding me to MIDI committee like years ago because I like shooting pull-ups. But like I think it's just watching them just naturally and just being out there every single day, being around them and just seeing how they talk and figure stuff out in the court, kind of just help me just how I play right now. Hey man, when you come on this show, and I get it, let's not work with JJ Reddick, right? He's always talking this basketball lingo. Three and D, yeah, I know that means you're gonna split, you're gonna spot up, right? And you're gonna play defense, yeah. like we get that. And I understand that a midi means, all right, we're gonna shoot the mid range. Hey man, everybody that watch this show don't know that. <laughs> Right, so in case you go, in case you go get in the TV, got one damn right? football podcast. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, in case, yeah, in case you go get in the TV, dog, you gotta explain some of this stuff. Yeah, you know I'm a three and D. Hey man, don't nobody know what that yeah, is? Cause I'm gonna tell, I'm about to do a 36 old jump cut and get back lateral, you know, bump my head on the goalpost. Y'all like, can't use y'all context about? clues. <laughs> three and D. I just I'm told you, I knew what it was. <laughs> but dang, like everybody was like, yeah, I'm in the midi committee. That dang didn't sound like the strip club you would go to. <laughs> Is it around here? <laughs> oh, you talking about the shit? Never mind. <laughs> hey, man, talking about the transition. I know you're from Philly, but then you go to Phoenix. Yep. No, no problem with Phoenix. We travel a lot. I've been to Phoenix. It's nice. But then you come to Brooklyn. <laughs> what was that different lifestyle change? Because I know the, um, I know the dibbles and dabbles are a little better walking around these streets in Phoenix. For sure. I mean, I always loved New York. So when even... When the whole situation happened in the summer with Katie 
asking for a trade. He wanted to come here. Me and Cam Johnson knew, like, well, obviously, we're going to be a part of that. Like, we just knew. Katie wants to come here. We're gone. So we just make jokes like, oh, we're going to Brooklyn. But, like, I love New York. I thought I was going to get drafted nine by the Knicks. And I was prepared to, like, not live in the city, but I was prepared to be in the city. I was very excited about living in New York. So once I got the opportunity and I got traded here, I was just like, shit, like, thank you. Think all the negatives about missing your people and stuff. But then you start adding all the positive, like, me personally, all the positive, like, okay, you get more touches, you get more opportunities, whatever, you know, you know, a bigger market, things like that. Another thing for me is like, I'm in New York City. Like, I'm in New York City. That's, I mean, like, that was like another part that I love. And most people, you know, Arizona is so open. And I love, I love Phoenix. I, like, I just had to sell my damn crib. You know how fucking nice that house is and how much I got it for and to where I'm paying, where I'm at in a little ass condo. Yeah, like, there's, Phoenix got a lot of plus and I love it there. You know, the people there and everything. But just New York is just different. It's another spot that I always wanted to live in. And now I have the opportunity to. And I just think things just come back full circle sometimes because, you know, it never left me. You never, I mean, we go play in the Knicks and we play Brooklyn every year. Like, we come back to the city every year. Like, every time we come back, I'm always just like, damn, it must be nice to live in the city. And then we go back. <laughs> we just leave. I go back home, home, and I'm like, okay, I love my crib. And then we come back next year. I'm like, damn, I really love the city, man. I always wanted to live here. And then go back home and shit. But uh, nah, it's just everything happened. But no, it's definitely different, but definitely the type of guy. Kev, Kev, you got money. I know your sink in your bathroom and the sink in your kitchen ain't the same sink. Like, you, you got two sinks in your house, man. You talking about this little bitty-ass apartment. No, well, no, you got just, money? Yeah, yeah, but I'm just talking about the square feet. Just, listen, man, like, I, I pay a lot of money, and it's just, I'm pretty, right. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty high up, and everybody and everything about us, like, well, is this expensive because of the damn view? I don't give a damn about the view. I'm not paying all my, you think I just stare out the window every day? <laughs> I'm not living by the view. I'm, I'm in my, I, I'm talking about space. And in Phoenix, I don't, well, we tell, give us the square feet, man. You know, it ain't it's no just, problem. What you got, 10000 What is? Phoenix. Well, how much was that? That's true. Sonny had somewhere like, to walk around. Sonny dog, had a son yards everywhere. But look, he love it, dog. I give him all the walks. I don't want him to be in a damn, damn apartment. So he gets all the walks out here now. So he actually is probably, he probably love to transition a lot. So, uh, but no, it's just like, I was just making jokes. Like living in a, and it's like, the, just the, 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 the paying. It's like paying like all this money. So, cause I'm just thinking about when I used to live in an apartment in Phoenix, like nice as hell, bigger than where I'm at now. I might pay like six, seven G's, like times in that by three. And my spot's not even bigger than my spot was in Phoenix. So I'm like, and all that logistics in there. I'm like, I was just living in an apartment a couple years ago. And it's bigger. It's like, only thing nice about New York is the view and all that shit. But like I said, like I appreciate it because the view is dope. But like, when it comes down to it, I care about my space more than I got damn view. You could put me in the damn basement, but if that shit got damn five bedrooms, <laughs> I'll love it. Then two bedrooms on a 60th floor because there's a damn view. I, I promise you I'll be in a basement. I don't care. I, think I that, don't care. I think I saw something that said, for every $100,000 you make in New York is equivalent to the rest of the nation, about $30,000 which is ridiculous, right? The yeah. cost of living here is insane. I, I hate that y'all bringing this up because like, I know, always I know. randomly comes up when I talk to people. Just, and, but just forget about that part. You gotta thanks, deal with it. You're I'm, here, yeah, you gotta I'm, deal I'm with forget it. forget now. Just yeah, I know, much like uh, you have to deal with, you know, managing expectations yeah. as well as distractions that come with 
being in this big market. You know, some nights you're going to go off like you did when you arrived here. And some days you're just going to be off. Yeah. You know, uh, how do you manage the distractions that Channing is throwing in your distractions. face. That's called fun. <laughs> See, he just didn't care. This guy didn't work out. He hasn't worked out since he Listen, retired. You think he walking this dog around and not talking to no women? <laughs> you, you, you the most eligible bachelor in Brooklyn, right? Maybe forget, New York. Listen, just forget about him, but no. Yeah, um, don't walk my dog, I tell you that. Yeah, how you doing, Miss Lady? He a cute, he a cute dog, What's he attracts some, he attracts some. Sonny, this Sonny, how you doing? Hey, me, Tish. <laughs> this guy crazy. Hey, but, <laughs> no, you, you think like me, you already think like me. On a serious note, how do you, how do you manage those distractions? Do you kind of envision your mom leaning over your shoulder? Like, we ain't come here for that. Yeah, I think, and also, I, like, just the timing of getting traded, it's like, I'm about to be on my sixth year. It might have been a little different, you know, my first couple years, or, like, just the distractions of, like, maybe struggling and being so mental about struggling a couple games or whatever. Because now it's like, it's just like life, you know, shit happens. Like, you just struggle sometimes, and you go through slumps, or you have a bad game. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, you just miss shots. Like, you're just going to watch film and be like, Damn, like I usually make them hoes. Or if you watch the film, like it might be, you know, just for the 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 football people watching this. Bro, we and not it, just a football show. In, in, just... in and out, in and out when a ball go in and out the rim where it goes halfway in and come back out. You might do it like five times, and but those are five misses. So it's like you watch it, and it's like, damn, like the ball literally went in but came back out. Like I could live with the shots that I'm shooting. I think it's just the timing aspect of being older. And like already being criticized. And the thing is, I, I got nothing wrong with being criticized ever. It's just like people criticize us, like, I don't care. Like, people that's criticizing me, just especially in the in the in the media world and all that stuff, like check it up. That's all I think about it. They're like, well, do what I do. Come check, come play me one-on-one. -on -one. And if it's if you if you feel that though, like, you know, Steven A and them, like I love them though. Like, I don't really care, but like them talking on that crap. I just one day I want somebody that like who's getting like hard or somebody that's just maybe getting like crucified a little bit on social media, just be like, check up. I just want them yeah, just one check. time by check up. We can't check. We can't check none of y'all. I have a, <laughs> I have a question that's going to take you a little bit outside of, of you. Okay. Uh, just sitting here listening to your knowledge and knowing that you've been in both conferences and we're now sitting in the conference finals. When you look at the four teams that are left, they're the bubble teams that yeah. were in the conference finals. We saw the Heat and the Lakers meet in the bubble. Obviously, the Lakers end up winning the championship. How do you see these things playing out? And in the end, who's your pick to win it all? On the East side, I like the I like the uh, just the whole the battles have been for years with Boston and Miami. Like just the years of I think in the bubble, yeah, Miami beat them, and I think last year Boston beat them. And just like this whole thing. So it's going to be just like a big dog fight. So I'm excited for that. Um, on the other side, it gets tricky. It really does. And the thing is, I ain't like, like being, being on Phoenix, you don't like the Lakers. You really don't. Like you don't like them. But being off them, I really don't give a damn no more. Because <laughs> I'm not playing them four times and all that. So I really don't care. There's still, there's still some, you know, there's still some hate back there. Always, always there. You just, when you battle against somebody, you're always not going to like them. But like sometimes you just got to, you can't just be biased or let your hate take over sometimes. Just got to be honest. And I think, like, Lakers, they got way better. You know what I'm saying? Like, the pieces they added going along with Bron AD, like, they're nice. But the thing is, Denver, like, Denver ain't sweet. And everybody talks about this 
whole thing about, you know, Denver never made it. They always get to this, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I think it's just a little bit different this year. Like, they got guys that's they've been there a little bit longer and they've been together and been through a lot of up and downs, been through injuries. And I think the biggest thing is really Jokic because, you know, when, we, when I played Phoenix, when I was in Phoenix and we swept them and it was just Jokic, a lot of our game plan was like, let Jokic score because, you know, he wants to pass. You know what I'm saying? That was at a time in his life where, like, he really, like, might take up an open shot for, like, a corner three. So we're just, like, show and just make him shoot because he doesn't – he he he's, like, the, the guy you want to have on your team because he's such a great team player. He just doesn't feel right scoring every time or he wants everybody to feel involved. But now he's like, you know what? Fuck that. If you want, if you go play me one-on-one, I will score this bitch every single time. And I ain't going to miss because I get around the rim, I might shoot 14 for 16. So that dynamic right there of him like, okay, like you want me to go score? I'm going to score every time. So I think his mindset, because that had to happen when Jamal and them went out and they were a little bit, they didn't have an, enough. He had to do that. So that helped. And, you know, Jamal is always nice. And so him coming back and him being healthy and how he is, he's, he, he, go, like he, just, he can go crazy whenever. And they got everybody else with all the pieces around him. So it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. I'm excited. I'm I'm you excited. Give to us see a, who will win it all, man? You ain't give us a pick. <laughs> I want to say Boston. Boston just been bullshit from too much for my liking. Just because that Philly series never went to seven. Like I think, like even the Atlanta series never went to six. Atlanta's supposed to get one game, and I was supposed to be Trey Young going crazy in Atlanta. He's supposed to get 40 and, you know, ice tray, all the shiver and shit. He's supposed to do that at home. Get, he's supposed to get one win. Yep. And then you're supposed to say, you get the game three win or the game four win, and you come back home, beat them in five. And then Sixers, you're supposed to beat them in five or six. Like, you're supposed to realize from the Atlanta series, like, okay, let's stop fucking around because Atlanta almost, you know, you're supposed to be like that. But then they fucked around again, and they really should have lost game six. Like, they really could have lost game six and been out of this, but they found their way. And I'm high just, I think it might have clicked, but if it did click, I got Boston. If it did click. Right. If it did click. If it didn't click, maybe L.A. Maybe L.A. No, real quick, bro, on the way out, who's the coldest thing still playing? You talked about Jokic, which his game is efficiently ugly as hell. Because I don't even like, because they just... Them little ugly, ugly ass little throwdowns. I just, I don't enjoy watching it, man. But you got Tatum in Boston. Yep. You got Jimmy down there balling right now. Yep. And you still got Bron and AD out there in LA. Who's the coldest thing still playing? I gotta say, Jokic. I just got to. I just got to. There's nothing you can do. You cannot like AD is going to guard him. I just don't. You can't. You, I don't know. You really can't guard him. Like it's just he's crafty as hell. And if you overhelp, he's going to dime. He's going to like. Is him. I was like 80 and, and, but I don't know, Tatum's had 52, so. <laughs> See, y'all leave, y'all leave, y'all leave my heat man out. Jimmy dropped 56. Jimmy, yeah, I, yeah, I like, no, Jimmy too. J- Jimmy, Jimmy just get me tight sometimes, just, because once he starts feeling, he starts shooting the threes, but I just miss Jimmy in Philly. When Jimmy was in Philly, that man took all these threes and I loved his game so much. He played fake, like, kind of like a big man right now. Which is, I mean, which is, nobody can stop that shit, so I don't give a fuck. But, Jimmy, like, for my like, personal. Like, like, like an old dude. The one thing that I was really interested in, though, man, is, like, you seem like a really good dude. Mm-hmm. Who I know is a good dude, because I'm from New Orleans, is Monty Williams. Yeah. You leave that team. When you get KD, everybody expects, all right, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is a wrap. 
we got KD and Book, two of the greatest scorers of our era. It's just going to happen. That team doesn't get it. Monty gets fired. When you look back at what type of man he is, what type of coach he is, what's kind of your feeling on that whole situation? And do you expect him to land somewhere in this culture cycle with all these teams open? Kind of like I said with me about being traded and being like, like I'm happy it was me that I could be able to go through it. I feel like Monty's one of them guys that just like, I know he'll be okay. Obviously, it's going to hurt. Like, I'm not no damn robot. Like, obviously, that shit hurt, but like, I'll be okay. And I think mine's the same guy that's just like a lot of adversity, a lot of things he's been through. Like, this is another part of it. And he's just, he going to get through it. And he knows he's a hell of a coach. He probably knows about the situation and shit. Cause I'm, I, me personally, I would say Monty ain't the problem, but who the fuck am I? I just say Monty ain't the problem, but he's going to be great somewhere else. He's going to get another chance and he's going to be all right. But yeah, man, when he's going to be good. When all that stuff happened with his wife, man, and, and yeah. you know, dude really showed who he was, man. But now nah, we appreciate you, bro. That appreciate was awesome, you, dog. Thanks for me on a football good. podcast, hey. man. I mean, I know. No, but no, seriously. I know I mean, we, 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 we rap, right? Rock Tuesday. Yeah, we just <laughs> had to rock. Hold up. Limitless. Take a similar guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On this vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a similar guy pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up.